Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, my name is Gwilym, Gwilym Davis. I'm uh, here because I'm on the board of the SCAE. I'm also the 2009 World Barista Champion. Um, I've got a coffee shop in London, which I'm a co-owner of, but I spend most of my time in a little village just outside of Prague, where I help out in a training center there and do uh, my courses. Right, why am I here? I'm here as part of the SCAE uh, on the board to uh, give you some information about what may be the European Barista Guild or whatever name we decide it's going to be. Um, it's, I'd love to be here and say, this is it, I've announced it, I'm taking memberships, but I'm not. Um, at the moment, it's a blank page and that's for us to sort of build and create and then direct. But <laughs> let's start the slides. Slide one. Yes, this is me. I've been here before. I was a little bit bigger and here. Um, I first appeared in Tampa Tantrum um, in Dublin in a sleazy, sweaty nightclub in a rather strange part of town, in a dress, wearing makeup. My subject was a little bit different. Then I was talking about barista competitions, and I suggested that barista competitions were actually a sausage fest and massively misrepresented um, baristas, because the baristas I know in shops are actually females and males, yet in uh, the barista competitions it's mostly uh, males. And this could be okay, but uh, my big problem was it, with it was that um, we're missing out on a huge section of my community, our community, that has energy and ideas and they could be putting that through competition. That was the first time I uh, appeared on stage. Second time was uh, having a little chat with Steve, Tim Wendelbow, David Veal about the SCAE. And my um, contribution wasn't really that super. I must admit, the other guys were contributing much better than me. My argument for not contributing much was because I saw the SCAE as basically irrelevant to what I was doing then and in the past. There was no need for, I didn't hate them, they were just, there was no need for me to join. I'd never been a member. But something's changed. Now I'm on stage, I'm a big fan of the new coffee diploma system. The barista skills part of it is amazing. The, the green and sensory, fantastic. The grinding and brewing, still being developed, it came out of the gold, gold cup. Amazing, some great education being provided by the SAE. I'm also on the board, which is quite high from going from not a member to on the board. 
Um, so I've obviously got reasons why. Um, but before we go into that, a slight sidetrack. The last time I was on stage, um, my slides weren't very relevant, but I found them useful. One of them was uh, Brew Ratios by Andy Schechter. If you don't know it, you should look it up on the, uh, the internet. Um, this time, it's, it's a photo from a calendar that uh, the World Brister Champions put together with Square Mile and Coffee Kids. And my photo was, was not that exciting. Um, it was very professional and clean and it's a nice photo. But I'm about to show you the photo that was a draft, one that only four people have seen, um, that uh, was maybe going to go up there. So. This is the photo that never made the calendar. <laughs> yes. I don't know how long to leave that up for. So it's, it's there. <laughs> right, um, no, 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 we better change that. Yes, change, change. Um, European Barista Guild, question mark. Um, because it may not be called the European Barista Guild. It could be called something else. Jen. It could be called SCAE League of Baristas, or Slob, or Slobs. It could be called anything. Um, why do I want this? Why am I in the SCAE, and why do I think, why do I want a barista guild, and why do I think that the SCAE is the best vehicle to actually implement and drive a European barista guild? One reason why I think we need a barista guild is that we're getting bigger. As an industry, we're slowly getting bigger. Lots of us before were doing things as individuals. Now, we're growing, it's growing. We're getting businesses, we're getting busy. We haven't got time to put effort in, in the way we were before. We're not as effective alone. The SCAE has a structure. There's 10 people working in their office. They have accountants, a communication system, they have some money. The structure is there for us to put something in. They've also got a great communication network. Um, why do we need a barista guild? And what do I envisage it to be? One, of course, is community. When I started as a barista, um, a little bit like Colin, just Mine was a long, long time ago. I felt incredibly isolated. I seemed to be the only person in my shop that was wanting to make a really, really good cup of coffee. I couldn't find information. There was nothing around. There was no internet. Um, I've done very well. I've never had any formal education as a barista, um, like many people. Um, I became the world barista champion in 2009. My entire baristering competition career, from deciding to compete to winning, was three months. Done. With a team behind me who also didn't have any formal qualifications. Everything was learnt by yourself. This is great, and I've done well. But 10 years is a damn long time of 
working by yourself, fighting, being isolated. Something like a barista guild that I could find a community and some information and some linking would have been wonderful for me. We've done it in the past with the internet, the youngsters that came through and sharing information, breaking down the old ideas, going, taking everything forward, effectively creating a new industry, an industry that creates tasty coffee instead of something that's romanticized and filled with myths. We've got a new industry and it's starting, but it's getting bigger and we can't control it ourselves anymore. We need an organization that can create some sort of structure. The next thing is the SCAE education program is really good. It's really good. It wasn't, it is now. I'm an AST, I'm gonna teach this education system, not for any other reason than I think it's really good and I think people will benefit from it. I'd like the Barista Guild to align with the qualifications. But one thing I see with the qualifications is that there's some baristas just going through and picking up qualifications and no very little vocational experience. What I'd like the Barista Guild to do is to be able to give that vocational experience. I don't know how. Maybe a workbook or different levels of membership where you volunteer or certain hours behind a machine or certain bits of experience. So it's not just qualification-based. There's vocational things too. I think this will also help some countries in Europe where paying for an SCAE exam is is a lot of money. There's a tendency for, especially me, who's incredibly UK-centric, and that argument could be put for a lot of the coffee industry. Um, we see things through our eyes, but there's baristas in some parts of Europe that are earning three euros an hour, and some parts of Europe where it's 12 plus an hour. It's gonna take those baristas different amounts of work days in order to uh, participate in these qualifications. So I'd like to see vocational stuff coming in to it as well. Um, let me look at my notes. But first, I must apologize for this. I arrived in Nice um, and I was writing this on the beach. It was hot. I went down to the beach, sat down on the beach, I was writing, chatting, and it was this little spot on the beach where nobody was sat. Wonderful. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, I was talking like this. And all I could see was this wall of water over me. And then it sort of like collapsed on top. And you're looking at a person's face in front of you. And you're like, it's horror as they're grabbing their phone and tucking it underneath them. And uh, so if you saw um, a UK person in a pair of underpants drying their notes, and their currency on the beach in black underwear and white legs. It's me. So, yeah, so that's the story behind um, my tattered notebook. That may, and, uh, and the reason why the pages are stuck together. Um, next one, competition. Obviously, SCAE is linked to the competition. Um, and it would be nice if the Barista Guild actually 
help those entering competition, but not just the competitors. We're talking judges too. People want to become judges. It's sort of a strange route. You're suddenly thrown in. It'd be nice if the Bristol Guild can help facilitate that in some way. Though I don't want the Bristol Guild to be all about competition. And as a side note, um, what is the WCE? I've been mentioning the word WCE. These are the people in charge of the competitions. Um, nobody knows who they are. A lot of people don't. We have the SCAA in America, SCAE in Europe. Both of those companies or organizations own half of the WCE. The WCE organize these events. So here we've got the roasting competition, latte art, and the coffee and good spirits. In Melbourne, we had the barista competition. There was the brewing competition and the cuppings over there. That one's here too. I think that's it. They organize those. Now, these people are amazing. It's uh, WCE. Nobody knows who they are. And um, this is why I picked up my notepad. Um, Drury today, who's the treasurer of the WCE and the SCAE, said this about them. Um, because I think they're a great group of people, and I'd like people to know who they are. Um, he called them a truly global group that recognizes very few boundaries. What he means that is not just globally, but also ideas. These guys have got some great ideas, and they're really pushing things forward. Also, they act with huge energy and the passion of youth. They're an interesting organization that's been spawned by SCAA and SCAE. Very, very different attitude and direction. And I think they're a very positive uh, force in... Um, do you know what I've forgotten? Tampa Tantrum is one of the events from WCE. That's terrible. Sorry, I wondered why you were looking at me. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I don't want to talk about what I think the Barista Guild should be. I want everybody here to direct and join and create the Barista Guild. I want it to be not something that I start by doing a website, making a t-shirt, and charging people membership money. I want something a lot more. I want something that's relevant, democratic. I want a committee that gets voted. One of those people on the committee, I want on the SCAE board, so there's a direct voice through, but I want them to be independent and make their own decisions. Um, I want them to be relevant. I'll, I'll see what else I want to, to be when I have a look at this. Can't find it. Progressive. How can I forget that word? Progressive, I want them to be progressive. We need to go forward. This industry is changing. It's changing all the time. Some of the things I was teaching six months ago, I'm not teaching now. And then a month ago, some people started putting a different grinder in their shops and tamping completely differently because of uh, Matt Perger's routine in the WBC. Things change very quickly. And I want us to join in with those changes and constantly go forward, yet be inclusive. Not, 
not fetishize all these changes and sort of just be the intelligent bunch of the uh, coffee profession. I want to be inclusive. So everybody from the Starbucks barista to the specialty barista. But let's all go forwards together. Now, I'm going to hang out over there at E33, E32 uh, for most of the expo. So if people have got questions, I'll be over there. There's also a place where you can put your emails down. So if anybody's interested, they've got ideas, suggestions, negative or positive, then uh, put your email down and we'll get something formed. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Quillen Davies. So you wanted to use this thing, didn't you? I did. I was going oh. to put down all the words, because I knew I'd forget them. We can do it now. I just never realized I'd forget progressive. We're forced to make very structured kind of organization of how talks happen. And every time Gwilym comes, it's great, because it all kind of goes out the window. We just do what we want. Do you want me to write it on here? Yeah, we're going to do what we want. Make Colin write on there. He's really good at writing you don't on the board. No, you don't want to see my writing. I can't do it. So I have two questions before we do that from the Twitter stream. Do you have to be a member of the SCIE or uh, to join the European Coffee Guild, whatever he's going to be called? The European Coffee something, it'll be um, inside the SCIE. So, so you'll if have you to join, be a member? If you join, you will be a member of the SCIE. Okay. Because it's, it'll be under the umbrella. So but can, they, can a barista join on this new personal membership then then become a member of the Barista Guild? Is that the plan? It's... It's still to be decided. Okay. But it, if, if you're in the Barista Guild, it will definitely be uh, an organization uh, with the umbrella, under the umbrella of the SCAE. And that was anonymously. And one from uh, TOGFLX, who is Julie Hoosh, who says, boxers, briefs, or pantless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading. Look, I'm just reading. What? Uh, that's what I read. I get given cards and I read them. Oh, oh, pantless. Oh. Wonderful. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and otherwise it wouldn't be real. <laughs> A bit of reality. <laughs> oh, dear. So, can we go back to the start? Okay, so, like, a year ago you, you spoke to us in Vienna, uh, and it would be fair to say you were, you were anti SCA. Not anti, yes, more anti. ambivalent. Anti. Not even anti, just. Like, I couldn't see any reason why why they existed. Were you envious of the SCA and the engagement that they had with their? I uh, definitely envious of uh, some of the material from the SCA, like the Cuppers Handbook and the Brewing Guide and the Water Guide and the, the Tasting Wheel. So it was there like one moment that made you change your mind or was it? It was when I realized I wasn't as effective as I used to be. When we were... Um, well, I was part of a community that really helped to grow specialty coffee in London, or tasty coffee. Um, and, and then I found myself becoming less and less effective. And I traveled a lot, you know, from like Kuwait and Saudi to Kazakhstan to America to everywhere. And uh, I, I was linking with the baristas, and they were going, how can I get better as a barista? What can I do to get better? I go, it's like... I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And um, in London, London now is, it's grown. 
But, I, I, well, rather than listening to my point of view on London, I think um, if everybody looks at uh, Tim Stiles' talk on Tampa Tantrum, I think uh, that's, he probably articulates better than me what I think about the, the London scene. And I think an organization like uh, the SCAE can really help. If they <sighs> with involvement and activity, I think they can really move things forward. I think it's quite interesting as well how you were talking about the... Okay, so the different baristas earn different amounts of money. And I know when I started off being a barista that I heard about these courses you could do, but I was looking at them and there's no way I can afford them. And not only can I not afford the course, but I can't afford to go to the country to do the course because it wouldn't always be in my country. So when you were talking about the different baristas earn different amount of money, I think that's a really big issue. But can I tell you what I think might be one solution? What? So that when you do barista competitions or let's say Brewers Cup or anything like that, that at the end of every year, the national chapter will then look at the people that did the competitions and nominate, let's say, eight people. Okay, nominate eight baristas. And those people would then get to do the courses and it would be paid for by the SAE through membership fees. And that way you're targeting people that are actually driven towards improving themselves and not necessarily people that have the money. And then, then you up, because the, the one thing that's wrong with barista competitions is that it, it, at, at least at national level, it only ever, it's only ever really built to give one person recognition, the yeah. person who wins, and that's always a shame. So you see some really great ex uh, co competitions, and um, Bruce is doing a really great job, and they might necessarily make finals because they drop a jug or something. And there has to be some sort of reward system there. So if there was a system where, yes, you didn't get, get to finals, but you, you've shown that you're, you're working on your, on your job and that you're, you're applying yourself, and here's your reward, you get to go into the scholarships game. Definitely some sort of way of... Um getting the baristas involved that are in competition. Because I, I went through the entire system and never engaged once with the SCA through my entire competing career. I wasn't even a member when I, I was I only competing. joined last year. And I've, been a, member, I've been a member for 12 years. I've got 12 little blocks of wood. It's great. So yeah. I think that's a really good idea. And I think the baristic, I mean, the SCA are starting to get a lot more active now. And I think the Barista Guild and the Roasters Guild will only increase that activity. But it definitely has to be local as well. So I think that's a big struggle as well, is that there's... The SAE, like SEAA is definitely run centrally and then kind of distributed out strategy as we go. But SEAA is different. I mean, it has a central body, but to a large extent, each country kind of dictates what they want to do. Uh, and each country has their national coordinator. Um, but the national coordinator's time seems most of the time to be setting up a competition. And very little other uh, events happen. I think the Barista Guild or the Roaster Guild or, or something together will stimulate events within the country. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you wor worry that with the competition potential, uh, sorry, with the competition, with the guild, somebody could come along and hijack that a little bit because I've seen that happen with what used to be the Roasters Guild that he got hijacked into an old boys club and like the people who would probably get most from it didn't want to go along because of that so he kind of died yeah. I think it's important that the committee that run the um, Barista Guild are voted by the members definitely and it's less chance of it being hijacked then, if you don't like them, just 
join and vote them out. Yeah, I think that's a, it's, it's something that worries me a little bit about it. That somebody gets along and wants to do a certain thing, but that it's really good that it's going to be kind of a democratic uh, I mean, option. So, so like, what what do you propose that people get out? Like, what will the barista get out of being of uh, of the guild apart from the community and things? What do you see as the major the, the major goals that it's trying to achieve? A big one is community and accessibility. Um, we, we forget because now we're, we're linked in to this network. And before, we were sort of like on the edge. First time Colin and I went to Atlanta, we were stood in a corner, didn't know anybody. It was for the Brista competition. I was chatting to each other about pouring into paper cups, not knowing how to pour into porcelain cups. And uh, it's like trying to be a communication point where baristas can get involved. Definitely that. Um, access to communication, uh, access not to communication, to uh, education. And professionalize. I'd like to see them professionalize a little bit more. Could I at this point ask Paul Stack to join us on here? Because I want to talk a little bit That'd more about lovely. education as well. Please round of applause for Paul uh. Stack. You can share a mic, you don't mind, do you? So, um, why don't you introduce yourself in the context of the education of, uh, at SEA? Um, I am the chair of, the, of SEA's education committee in Europe, and I also chair the Irish chapter's education committee. And we've been hearing from David Field this morning, and uh, from Gwilym to a certain extent as well, about how the education program at SEA is changing. So, um, what can we expect in the coming year? Like, what, what would you say to people uh, to get them I suppose, interested in, in education programs within SEA. All right, uh, I'll, br I'll bring it back uh, a little bit. If we go back uh, about four or five years, and uh, in, I was in the, I've been in the education committee now for a long time, five years or something, and when I, when, when I joined it first, it was a group of people who had a barista certification which had been uh, localized in its creation. Okay, so it was created by people who were very much interested in their, their culture of what barista meant, and it moved. So the authors moved over the years, and as a result, the content changed to reflect that culture, as opposed to reflect baristas internationally. Uh, so, but it was a very successful program, because there is a thirst for education. There's a desire for education. Uh, then uh, I was very much part of the Gold Cup program in, uh, in SCAE. So we wrote that and launched that as a, a certified education piece. And there was a thirst for education. And then we survey members and people want education. It's the one, there's two key things, community and education, that continuously come up as a desire from uh, the members, from Sky members. So we realized that the, 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 what was missing was an education system which was accessible, had integrity and had quality. So we launched it in 2011 and it's been very successful. Um, uh, we've just uh, revamped it because one of the key problems with it was it was a little bit too easy. It was very good, but it was a little bit too easy. So the professional level is, is being rewritten. The professional level- It's tough. It's the professional tough. level is really tough. Yeah. The professional level now for barista is, will only be achievable by a professional barista. So uh, my goal as the chair is to try and leave it in a position whereby people will look for baristas with a professional barista uh, certification 
from SCAE, and that will be a point of difference for education, point of difference for monetary reward for baristas, and also a point to aim for in terms of importance. So that's only one strand. So what we've done is we've split the education into the journey of coffee. So we've got a green category, a sensory category, um, we've got a roasting category, we've got a brewing and grinding category, and a barista category. So the barista category has been completely revamped. Uh, for two things. One, to reflect needs for the different professional pieces throughout the, the journey of a barista, but also to reflect education standards in terms of people uh, being involved in, the, in, in workshops as part of that learning as opposed to just being given instruction. So, um, yeah, I've probably spoken too long in answering that question, but we've done a lot. Uh, and... Um do you find okay? This one, do you find that there's uh, perhaps a little bit of reluctance from people at this stage to engage in it? Because I know that, like when you talk about a barista guild coming along, to me that says that's that seems to be the, to be the the link that you need now to engage baristas to get them going. I absolutely, and I think when the the barista qualification, the barista skills starts rolling out, and the word of mouth gets out, then uh, there'll be a lot more demand in the countries that uh, haven't been taken up that so quickly. It's, a, it's really good. In terms of uh, the demand, it was launched in 2011, and there's been 9,000 certificates issued since 2011. Wow. There is demand, and it is flying. It is Education is now the biggest contributor to uh, SCAE, and it is the most important piece, which means it is creating money for itself to reinvest. So we'll, we'll get two more people uh, on the executive over the next two years to drive education into the communities. I was at the national coordinators meeting yesterday and there's people who are really passionate driving their individual chapters and what they're yearning for is something to give their members. At the moment all they're doing is delivering champions into this machine which eats them up and creates community. But actually members want more and education is one thing they want, and this will enable them, we hope. And I think the competition is only one sector of our community as well. It is. There's other people that don't want to get involved in competition, that are sort of, and competition's the only way of being part of. That's why I got involved in competitions, was to learn about something. And it was like, I remember it being suggested to me, it's like, well, if you do competitions, you'll help you learn. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, no, it did in, in a kind of a, a secondary way. But what I was looking for was a structured way, and like we could we could sit here all day and list off names of baristas that are incredibly talented baristas and awful competition baristas, and there needs to be another structure for them to, I suppose, not just to earn an education, but also to um, to kind of uh, to get a reward out of it. Because ultimately, if you've got a, if you've got a, an accredited qualification as a barista, I mean that's that in itself is a reward as well. We're leaving you out of the conversation. No, I think it's also important to remember that, um, you know, competition is only open to baristas to get involved in. And we are a much bigger community uh, of people, you know, uh, kind of out there, you know, those who can't compete after MC. It's <laughs> but, but, you know, the, you've got this, this community, which has always amazed me uh, for, since I entered into the coffee world. Um, but it still remains inaccessible to people. People are afraid. You know, it's like, oh, there's Gwilym Davis and there's Colin Harmon. You know, this has been. And people are afraid and they don't feel that, that they can approach. It's just human nature. So what we need to try it is generate a community through the Barista Guild 
uh, through other fora like that, where people can feel they're welcome and we encourage. I mean, the national coordinators yesterday, they're just yearning for people to come in and join the fold to, to get something. But we need to be able to give them things to, to, to have. In fact, when we say community, it's like, this is the reason I come to this show. It's to I, that word network I don't like it but that's effectively it. it's to say hello to people and catch up and see what you've been doing with your, your new grinder in the shop and that sort of thing and I'd you don't come for machines and syrups and don't tell everybody that they won't come <laughs> and um, I, <laughs> I, I want the barista guild to form that function so we don't have to it's not just through the one event a year or through competitions it's something that's happening all the time in different countries. Do you see um, a role? I suppose it's really important in terms of Europe, but like for like an online offering as well, or some sort of a presence online. Paul could, yeah, definitely for the education. Yes, yeah. uh, without question, it, we have to move it from the, like the first steps of, of of online is the availability for educators and authorized trainers to download continuously the uprevved exams, curricula, etc. for students to be able to pull the curricula offline. Simple stuff first, which is already live and, uh, and the newer curricula will be going uh, on stream over the coming months. But ultimately, there's got to be webinars which are, uh, you know, involved with Barista Guild stuff and there's got to be uh, online content shared to try and move to save people money on traveling all over yeah, the place. Yeah, because the content changes as well. Yeah. So that's the important thing. So if people have gotten accreditation, they you want to be able to update them as we go because yeah. we have a, sh a saying in the shop that it's great to look back six months and cringe and it's like but that's what the industry is like is that every six months there seems to be something else that you need to get hold the, of the webinars are uh, something that's been brought up a lot in the Bristol guild idea uh, that come with the membership sort of four or five access to four or five webinars i should be writing this all down shouldn't i uh, oh dear colin's got a pen Good luck with this. Oh, but it's it's an interesting thing because there is a there's a balance which teeters between the the, the this very top end barista community who work a niche uh, very much with high grade coffees and following that level of detail from processing all the way through to the cup, and that's a small part of our industry. Um, and there's almost like that niche sometimes exhibits disconnect and discontent with the Speciality Coffee Association, which is formed to try and create, to connect all of this. And that discontent is a challenge. So I went on the board of, of Sky because I was involved in the education thing and I wanted to follow it through. Um, and I think it's very important that a man like this comes onto the board to be able to drive that energy that the Brist community has. And particularly that, that pointy end as I call it, of the market, and involve the pointy end with the, with the, the whole barista community. Yeah. Definitely involve the whole barista community. Because I, I started in um, a chain, American-influenced chain shop in London. Mm. It's my first baristering job in the UK. It's interesting, because if you would have asked me, like, two years ago, um, what the SAE did, like, off the bat, I would have said, they organized the competitions. That's been the problem. So are you telling me, are you suggesting that the, the main, that you want to, I suppose, change the perception of SCA to be education, education and community? And community. Okay. That's it. And actually community and education. I write that down, shouldn't I? Yeah. 
But I, I, on, when I came on uh, onto the floor this morning, I went to the brew bar, the WCE brew bar over there, and the first coffee I got was a beautiful coffee from one of the roasters, I can't remember which one it was, uh, and uh, so I met this guy, this volunteer, and I said, hello, my name's Paul, how are you? And he says, I'm very well, thank you very much. Uh, where do you work, what do you do? And he's a barista for Starbucks, and he wanted to volunteer for this, and he made me a beautiful coffee, and he was deeply passionate about it, and I thought, this is great. It's not just the pointy, geeky guys. Everybody is welcome. But I think Barista Competition's done quite a good job of that as well. You know, you go to your regional competition and you'll find chains. And I think particularly Ireland is somewhere that I've seen that more than anything. You've got some of these chain baristas all working in big stores that may not necessarily have amazing coffee, but wanting to, you know, wanting to be involved in that group. Um, you know, which I guess we just don't see it so much because we come to these big fancy ones where we have our national champions competing. But if we can get those avenues into the national chapters, which means the way you can get better is not only through competitions, because historically that's been it. Yeah. You get better by being involved in the competition. You're forced to learn things. You're forced by your peers to be better. It's a great way of, of, of people getting better, but it shouldn't be the only way. And one of the ideas of the Bristol Guild that got put forward was uh, linking the education to different tiers of membership. If somebody wanted to join the different tier system in the Bristol Guild where maybe they, uh, they get the one at the basic qualification and they volunteer here, which uh, gets them up to the, the next level. And then once they become a competitor um, and they get another level and they've been so many hours behind the machine, they're up again. And then if they become a judge or they hold uh, a Bristol Guild event and organize it, maybe teach some people something, then they go up again. So they can be on their CV, they could be, yeah, it can be, they, it's like a CV that the Barista Guild can help them with, yeah. effectively. I think it's very interesting what you were saying about the reward system for Barista and how they can say, like, the only way to get better is through competition. And, like, I often get people say, oh, well, like, you're the best Barista in Ireland. And I'm like, no, you've completely missed the point. I definitely am not. You should see me behind the bar. I won the Barista of the Year award. Like it's a different thing. That's what I kind of look at. It. It's just it's a competition, a one-off thing. You do that, and that's it. And we should lose that perception that whoever wins the competition is the best. It's it's just one aspect of what we're doing. And um, like the define best find the best barista. What well, the does best it mean? barista should be the one who got the best scores in the in the accredited exam. Like that's to me. And that exam will include will include a service exam. And you know a green exam, roasting exam. Can I say, ask you to say something about service? We historically, over recent years, would have had as the education content at these fora, we would have the SCAE curricula available for people to come to, and we always have a few extra slots which we fill with stuff, and that stuff traditionally would have been, uh, oh, that guy's pretty good on milk. You know, will you do something on milk? And he'd turn up and he'd do some milk, and it was opinion-driven information. So this year we said, well, why don't we get some factual-driven information? So we liaised with uh, SCAA and uh, asked them, would they have a, a module which sells really well in SCAA, and could they dump it over here for part of our education offering and doing a bit of a cross-border thing, right? They said, great, we'll do that. And what sells well for you guys? Customer service sells really well in America. Great, let's do that. So Dan Streetman is here somewhere. He came over to deliver it, and it was cancelled due to lack of interest. Where was that? Really? To be edu for education here. People don't want to learn about customer service in Europe. It's interesting. Well, I think a big driver of that, in our defense, is that in the States, your take-home pay is driven by your service. 
Uh, well, not necessarily. I'd always differentiate between service and hospitality. Now, I suppose when we talk about service, we talk about them as, as, as both, as I say. But like your ability to make people feel welcome and to give them a good experience at your cafe will drive your income. Where in Europe, that's not necessarily true. I'd say it's not true at all. So I think at the moment, like most people as a barista will earn their living by doing it fast. Speed. But how would you rate customer service in Europe? <laughs> it's generally pretty poor. Generally. But you're right, it's about speed. But that's the business model we have at the moment. is based around speed and getting banging the drinks out. Especially during the, uh, the busy morning rush. These bang the drinks out. But that's never... Uh, During, that's in the current business model. Yeah, well, that's where the, the education program comes back in because if you have... Like, people want to talk about being able to attract customers to the shop. If they have, like, baristas that have... They're educated and have all these, you know, uh, accolades and they've earned them all, then their the shop is worth more, the product is worth more, and then they can engage the sort of customers that they want to be engaging. So we we should move this on because we are running out of time and we've got our special bit from Breville who are ah. our online sponsors and instead of saying clap your hands for a sponsor we've got something that's far more fun and far more interesting it's ask the presenters, ask the experts some questions so um, we're going to get our first question come up we have a lovely little graphic and everything for it too which is Flash and the first question comes from Monica Pullover. Do you know Monica? Never heard of her. No? 2011 Slovakian and 10 Slovakian champion. So we've got, would you like to see a European barista girl reflect the BGA or a distinctly European feel? Definitely European feel, but I'm talking... What's European? This is Eastern Europe, oh, Central oh, Europe, oh, I mean Southern Europe, Northern Europe. I'm not talking about a, Euro, a, a UK English-centric organisation. Like the SEAE. Because that's a, one of the biggest challenges is because there's a, there's a language difference, there's a big distance between a lot of these places, and that's got to be difficult. So do you see, like, national chapters? Um, regional. It'd be nice if there's a representative in each country. So there's a contact point, and uh, that person organizes three events every year with help from the, the, the committee. That's my idea, but we'll see what everybody comes up with. But it has to be Europe, Europe. central, eastern, southern, northern, not, not just UK-based. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. We'll move on to our next question, which is, how do you see competition structure changing in Europe? That's from yeah, Nizonu Rossi from Italy. So how do you see competition structure changing in Europe? What, what's the next big development? Obviously, like, the Ibrick has changed a little bit. We see WBC continue to evolve. What do you see as the next thing? Me? I think with the, um, I think the WCE are a really dynamic group, progressive dynamic group, got loads of youthful energy, and they're definitely going to come up with do some... You, do you see interest shifting? Some symposiums, some talks, mm. education as events as well, not just competitions. Yeah. 
I mean, I that, think that us getting involved in doing these kind of things is, you know, part of that move towards not just doing a competition, but seeing some content and some, you know, ed education coming from it, I think. Yeah. Okay, moving to the last question, because these come in threes. And maybe, maybe... Oh, that's interesting. Know. Who is the best barista you've ever worked with? And that's from Bruno, from Ireland and Brazil. Your staff are doing no work and asking Bruno questions. Doesn't oh, Bruno doesn't, of course, now. But <laughs> I don't pay him anyway. <laughs> oh, that's. Can somebody else answer? If you, if you've no, got it's your answer, questions. They are your three can questions. I, can I answer that one as well? You can. Okay, so, so you go first, then. Well, I have quickly. Well, it's interesting because we we were just talking about competitions. La, la, la. The best barista I've ever worked with. The best barista that that if I could get him back tomorrow is uh, a guy called Tom Cooney, who worked for us at 3FE and now works in Telescope, and. Nobody knows who he is, and he's like, uh, like I think he's one of like, if not the best, one of the definitely one of the best that we've ever worked with. So I would like have him back in a flash, and nobody has a clue who he is. So I think that's a case in point in terms of there should be people like that who are getting rewards and recognised. And for what definitely doing. the people going in my head, um, uh, they're shop baristas that I've worked with. Not There's a difference, isn't there? Not not baristas that people will immediately know their names of. Though saying that, I did go into competition because I was making coffee between Hoffman and uh, Stephen Morrissey on the Sunday coffee cart. They were so good. They were so good. I was the shop barista and they were just competition baristas. They were so good. They comp they, their um, cleanliness and their customer service and their technique was amazing. But um, so I, I was inspired to go into competition by competition baristas. You're dodging but the, the question. Ones we that want a name. Give us a name. Yeah, oh, name, name. Don't do name, this to me. Come on. Don't do this to come me. On. Um, Breville will be angry if you don't do it. You don't want Breville to be you're angry. You're opening a shop tomorrow and you get one person to help you. Anywhere in the world, they come to where you are. Yes, I can't remember a name. <laughs> <laughs> she works at the Coffee Mania, um, which is right by their training center. Gavi, yeah. Gavi, ah, oh, one of the girls there, long blonde hair. I can't tell you. I can't <laughs> tell you. Disappointed. Nad Nadia, please help me. The girl who um, works at Coffee Mania at the training center. Yeah, the long blonde hair, the older one. Not Paulina. No, no, not at the trainer center, but at the cafe at the training center. No, I'm not sure. Great. great. This so is great viewing. But she, her, 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 her. her. Go on. It reminded me of a story uh, when you're talking about competition barista versus... Uh, versus shop barista, and uh, this is not in any way a slight on Mike Phillips, i.e. this is a slight on Mike Phillips. <laughs> so it was uh, in one of these events, I can't remember where it was, and Mike was on the Lamarzoco booth, and he was uh, making coffees, right? And I was talking to one of the Lamarzoco guys uh, at a separate booth, but in, in, in vision, and uh, Mike was uh, chatting away to somebody, and he was making some coffees, and the line was growing and growing, you know? And you can see the, the, the guy I was talking to was talking to me and he's kept just, you know, looking over. 
and eventually he cut me off in what we were talking about. He says, see this guy? This guy in Italy, they would kill him. <laughs> yeah, I think that says everything, yeah. You need, you need to give out. Yeah, he, he gave out to me in Milan last two years ago for talking at the bar. He's like, we've got customers to serve. Like, they're not even paying. Come on. <laughs> I, I met somebody yesterday who, sa who said, oh, you were at Milan. And uh, he said, I didn't see you. I had a wonderful conversation with Colin. And he you, said, you were like, no, because I was making coffee in the background, wasn't it? That's, that was yesterday. Ah, we're a course show pony. <laughs> okay. So, um, please, a big round of applause for our second speaker of the day, Thank Mr. Willem Davis. Thank you, guys. So, we're going to take a couple of minute break, and we're going to be having up at a very esteemed guest from Sprudge, uh, talking about Sprudge.com and kind of what they've been doing and their plans. So, do not go anywhere. We're just going to have a couple of minutes break, and we will be back. Thank you.